NBA Australia. How are you going? How are you going? Uh, it is NBA Australia. It is Wednesday. Um, day, March 23rd, and I am your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes, for whom Stephen wants to paint me that sweet, sweet folding stuff, here in Larry Armour Studios. In a hoodie today. It's a bit cold. Anyway, here hanging out, giving you the lowdown and all the ins and outs. Of the NBA season, while repping Australia a bit, uh, big day today, Trey Young still owns MSG. It turns out, Joker and the Nugs held off the clips. Panic time for the Warriors, question mark. Anyway, we've got all that. Zion did some dunks, that was cool. You know, he's not playing, <laughs> but still. Uh, we had all four of today's games covered in the NBA story. Game wraps, we've got a juicy slab of that's not a knife. Old man, new man, sput of the night, better than Lonzo Ball. We've got yeah, Nas. The unpopular opinion of the day in our back take house. We were serving up a flame grill take. Uh, the Australian Player Watch is non existent today because we had no Aussies in action. Uh, but we do have a great moment in NBA Australia stat history with Mark Bradkey's best ever NBA game. Love it. Uh, there's the NBA Australia game previews and picks for tomorrow. It's a huge day tomorrow, so that's going to be fun. And we'll finish up with the Jingles HR. Love it. That's pretty good. Let's get into it. Episode 780 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, you better... Especially if you like the assistant producer or whatever who gave uh, Shaq the wrong translation of the Serbian that he was reading out to Joker in the post-game interview. <laughs> I feel like he was trying to say, I love you, big guy. You played a great game. And he did not land that. So uh, somebody's going to get a whooping from Shaq. Right, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily whip around. Do you get it? It's a whip, bro. Fines! Fines are plenty. Everybody's getting fined. Nurk, Julius Randle, Draymond Green. So Draymond got fined 25k for uh, swearing at refs. <laughs> what was that, yesterday? No, two days ago. Uh, Julius Randle, Julius, got fined 40k for swearing and directing hostile language towards an official. Yeesh, 40k. And Yusuf Nurkic, hello, is Bosnian beer. Uh, so, you might remember him the other day throwing that fan's phone away in a bit of a confrontation there in Indy. Turns out the fan uh, who was confronted had been yelling some pretty bad stuff about Nurk's family throughout the game. Nurk, of course, wasn't playing in the game, uh, which is a bit on the nose. I uh, said his grandma's a bitch. I mean, Jesus, this kid just needed a slap, I reckon. So uh, marvellous restraint from Nurk, but 40k lighter in the pocket. Right, other news. Johnny Isaac, uh, we already know that he's basically done skis for the year. We already pulled the pin on that last week. And the Magic are now saying that he's undergone minor surgery and a right hamstring injury. Uh, you might remember Johnny Isaac from never playing ever. <laughs> and also being a giant bellend. Uh, this is a bit concerning. I mean, he did his ACL like 2020. We're getting a long way away from that, and there were no updates all the way throughout this season about Johnny Isaac. And even the Magic men, you got to be spewing because you've got a really... F- I'm going to get to talking about how good the Magic are and how much I really enjoy them uh, a little bit later, but 
I mean, if you're the magic, you're like, Johnny, can you just put a little bit less fucking effort into being just a D-bag and more like into your rehab and we might be good. What are you doing? Anyway, uh, there's one thing I missed yesterday. Quinn Snyder and the Lakers. There's a uh, report by Mark Stein uh, that the Lakers and maybe the Spurs might be after Quinn Snyder uh, and that Snyder might not be interested in staying with the Yaz. I'm going to talk about that in Jingles HR. He's answering a question from Quinn in Salt Lake City. But that's a pretty interesting one because uh, it does feel like uh, there is like a uh, bit of a scapegoat vibe going on where they're going to have to change something up. And it's never quite felt like uh, Quinn Snyder's been the problem in Utah insofar as like the collection of pretty good to great talent that they've got that just doesn't have like beyond Donnie Mitchell and uh, Rude de Gobert. Like they've tried. They've got Conley. They've got some other Jordan Jeremy Clarkson. They've paid dudes, but there's still a couple of other ones where you're like, eh, it's a bit interesting, a bit weird. What are we doing here, Ben? Anyway, uh, what else we got? Uh, ja Morant reckons it'll take a billion likes for him to do the dunk contest. Oh, come on. If you ever needed any evidence that uh, the dunk comp is dunskies, if one of the premier young dudes in the NBA is like, I'm awesome at dunking, also it'll take a billion likes for me to actually fucking do the dunk comp. Uh, yeah, I think it's cooked. Uh, he's also out tomorrow with a, uh, was still with a bit of knee soreness, I think it was, uh, which has kept him out the last two games. So he's hoping that uh, he's all right. Uh, Luke is out tomorrow as well with the right ankle soreness, which is pretty uh, interesting. They are playing Houston, uh, the Mavericks. And the other bit of news, as I mentioned, Zion posted a video of him doing a between-the-legs dunk on IG, which is kind of cool. You're like, oh, that's nice. We were making jokes yesterday about him, like, you know, and his big rig landing on those poor feet. <laughs> and then, boom. He's very clearly a listener. He's like, fuck you, Jimmy. I can dunk still. My feet don't care so much. I don't care about you dunking, Zion. I want to see you, like, run up and down the back of, like, up and down a court for, like, five minutes and see if you can actually do that. <laughs> That's all I care about at this point. Can your feet hold up to that? Just do some star jumps. Let's see what you got. Right. And that's it. Uh, I don't think there's any other news from today. No big stuff. Uh, kind of fun. There's a big Ty Lu piece, which is uh, pretty cool. Oh, he's the star, man. It's like, all right. Is he, though? Is he? Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, and there was Eric Adams, uh, the New York City mayor, talking about the Nets, the Knicks, the Yankees, and the Mets having to wait for uh, COVID-19 vaccine restrictions, etc. So he's still... Happy about the numbers that he's seeing, but they're going to have to wait a little bit longer. So, I mean, it's one of those things where he said, you know, people are going to realize this is a thoughtful administration. We got it right. So baseball, basketball, businesses, all of these things will have to wait until that layer comes. That layer is basically a rollback of the private employer mandate, which doesn't let our employees to work in the office, or in this case, players to play for their teams, obviously, if they're not vaccinated. So, I mean, he's trying to protect people. Pretty easy uh, way out for Kyrie. Get fucking vaccinated. Right, let's do some game raps. Game raps, 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 game raps. That's right. Four games today. We nailed all of them with our picks. Not a bad day, bro. Four or four. Uh, Golden State, 90. Lose in Orlando. This was a crazy game. Crazy. The Magic absolutely outplayed the Warriors down the stretch. Franz Wagner, hello, was huge. But this came after like the Magic had the lead early. Then blew it, and Golden State went absolutely ham on them in the third quarter. 
uh, smashed them. They just knocked in a million threes, and it was like, all right, well, that's it for the uh, Orlando Magic Men today, and it wasn't, because they then turned around and uh, outscored the shit out of the Warriors thirteen by 13 points in the uh, fourth quarter. And just the execution down the street, like Mo Bamba knocked in a huge three. Franz Wagner kept getting to the line. Their defense was really good, and the Warriors were just a mess. It was wild. And then Draymond came out and said, yeah, we're shit. I mean, if we're losing to shit, teams like fucking Orlando, man. It's a bit fucked, eh? It's like, yeah. It's crazy. They were down 14 and uh, came back and won it. So good job, Orlando. Huge win. They're 20-53 now, which is pretty funny. Uh, but for the Warriors, obviously, without Steph, uh, just the makeup of this team. I mean, obviously, you've got Draymond out there. You've got Poole. You've got Clay. But Andrew Wiggins is just absolutely horrible at the moment. If he was playing like Andrew Wiggins of earlier this season, they probably wouldn't be this bad, but he's playing like the Andrew Wiggins we all know and love, and it's not great. Poole had 26 points. He was awesome. Uh, 5 of 13 on threes. He did shoot 9 of 23 overall, but shit, no one else was doing anything. Uh, Clay, 15 points on 15 shots. Uh, 13 points on 19 shots for uh, Maple Jordan there. Andrew Wiggins. And so with 13 points, 5 of 19 shooting. Brutal. Uh, Draymond Green had the triple single, the 2.3 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steal effort, uh, shot 1 of 3. And uh, there wasn't a giant amount else. Like, the weirdest stat line of the day is that Otto Porter has just turned into, like, you know, his, uh, if you've ever looked at a picture of him and Wilt Chamberlain side by side, you're like, well, that's very clearly Otto Porter's dad or granddad. Uh, he had 14 points, 15 rebounds for Otto. He shot 5 of 8 as well. And come bucket, Jonathan Kaminga, 14 and 5 for him. Love to see him uh, crushing it. For the Magic, though, Wendell hit a huge shot late as well where he just banked in a uh, straight-on like free-throw line jumper, <laughs> banked it in, and uh, off Orlando went. It was such a great comeback. I can't believe how much fun it was. 19-8 for Wendell. Franz Wagner, hello. 18 points, 6 of 9. Nice from the floor. Uh, 6 of 6 at the stripe, too. 3 assists, 2 steals, a block. He did a little bit of everything. Ah, cool. Anthony. Cole Anthony, 14, 5, and 5. Shot 5 of 12. 3, 6 on 3s. And the bench, 8s each for Okiki, Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, and uh, Mo Bumba. Didn't have a giant impact on the uh, you know old scorecard. 7.7 7 rebounds, a couple of blocks. Shot 2 of 7. Not ideal, but goddamn, it was really impressive down the stretch. RJ Hampton had 5 points as well, but oh man, what a fun game it was. Uh... Golden State dropped to forty-seven and twenty-four, uh, forty-seven and twenty-five with that loss. Orlando are now twenty and fifty-three, and I mean this is a big one for Golden State, right? Like, sort of really, really pushing home the fact that they're more than likely going to end up in the three spot. They're two games now back of the Grizzlies, two games only ahead of the Yaz in the four seed. Can see where they could slip out of there. We'll talk about them again later, but yeesh. Meanwhile, Orlando. I mean, it's basically Houston, Detroit. Orlando and OKC now. With that win and a couple of these random wins that Orlando have gotten, they've uh, caught up to OKC. So it's a bottom four right now as opposed to like basically a bottom three as, it, as it's all been all year. OKC just like right in the tank. The last 10 on the trot, like whatever. Uh, so Orlando, I'll just say, stop winning. Orlando went into the Knickerbockers of New York City, into MSG, and Trey Young did exactly what he did to them in the playoffs last year. Shit pumped him. 117-111, the Hawks win. Awesome game. This was fun as hell. Trey and Bogdan at one point in the uh, second quarter. Like, it was back and forth early. RJ Barrett was looking pretty good. No Julius Randle. 
Uh, he hasn't missed many games the last few years, but he missed this one. And uh, Trey and Bogdan ripped off like 18 straight Atlanta points and got them the lead in the second quarter. But, I mean, it was still on for young and old, right? Like, the Hawks looked a little bit discombobulated. Like, they're one dude short. And you're like, oh, I guess they are missing John Collins. So they are a dude short, right? But Atlanta basically scored like an extra free bucket at the end after Bogdan, like a made bucket by the Knicks, which was chaos. Bogdan like 0.6 of a second left. Full court pass all the way back to Trey under the opposition basket. Throws it up and in, beats the buzzer. Two points out of nowhere. And yeah, so the Hawks had the lead. The Knicks got it back. Looked like they're going to win it. And then Trey just kept scoring buckets. It was absolutely amazing. Like, the Knicks were up, you know, six points in the fourth quarter. I think at one point it got up to, like, nine points. Uh, Like, IQ, Emmanuel quickly played a really good game. He uh, smashed in a big three. They're up nine. Knicks feel like they're going to win it. And it's a big one too, right? Like, for Atlanta to win this, they'd be like, off we go. Like, we need to pull back into the uh, play-in. Maybe if we do this, we could do it. And then they did not. <laughs> it's like Gallo hit a big three late. Uh, Bogdan was just scoring. He scored like 10 straight points basically by himself at one point that got them the lead. It was absolutely amazing. Like Just in that end of the fourth quarter, he just went, all right, sick. I'll just start scoring all the time. Is that cool? And everyone's like, oh, shit. Okay, well, I guess that's just how it's going to go now. And then Trey like, hits a massive three off of Bogdan pass and Bogdan hits the uh, go-ahead three like down the stretch I think it had been tied up by Trey which was a huge big three Bogdan hits the next big three off they went DeAndre Hunter's hitting three and they just ran over the top of them it was amazing it was like a 13 to 2 Hawks run that gave him a six point lead with a minute and a half left then Trey Young snapped Taj Gibson in half pull up bang eight point lead ends up being a 15-2 run right then just busted the Knicks wide open Crazy finish. Hawks win. Knicks demoralized. It's the same old story. <laughs> it's just how it goes every bloody time, bro. After the Knicks, RJ Barrett, look, he looked pretty good without Julius out there. 30 points, 13 rebounds, 3 assists. He shot 9 of 25, 1 of 7 on threes, though. It's like he had a good game, but not a great game. And it's a big stat line, but still. 21 for Burks. Uh, he went 3-7 on threes. Evan, don't Google me, Fournier. Oh, jeez. I love that Knicks fans came into this year just going, yeah, man, we've got Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. It's like Kemba's been sat for months. Fournier's just a, basically a bag of trash out there on the court for most of these games. <laughs> 11 points and 11 shots. 17 for Emmanuel Quickly, though. He's unreal. I love him. Uh, 3 of 5 on triples for him. 9 points, 6 boards, 3 steals, and 4 blocks for the other Mitch Robinson. Love that. And Obi Toppin! He's an excitement machine. He had 10, 7, and 3. Uh, but the Hawks absolutely buried them with a bit of Trey Young and Bogdan. They were incredible today. 45 for Trey Young. 45 with 8 assists. He's going to pop up again in a second. Bogdan Bogdanovich at 32. Goes 4 of 10 from downtown. Trey had 7, five, uh, seven threes. It's incredible. But uh, four rebounds, three assists, three steals as well for Bogdan. Just did a little bit of everything. He's kind of just, he's sneaky. Uh, Kevin fucking Huerta at 14, 8, and 4. DeAndre Hanna at 10 and 5. Hit the big ceiling three late. So uh, Gallo with a sneaky 10 and 10. The Knicks drop to now. That's it. Back her up, boys. 30 and 42. They are six games back of Atlanta. So that was the old classic double loss, or at least the double win for the Hawks. Where if, uh, look, the Knicks pull this one off, 
They get that little bit closer to the uh, Hawks. They maybe give themselves a bit of a chance. Now it's just a bit. All right, Packer. One, two, three, Cancun. And the Knickerbockers, look, horrible year. We'll do a big sort of, you know, end of season wrap for the teams that don't make the playoffs. But, wow, the Knicks have just disappointed across the board. Meanwhile, the Hawks, 36 and 36, are in the 10 seed. It feels like, aha, we made it. It's like, you guys are in the Eastern Conference Finals. What is going on? Either way, uh, you'll take it, though, if you're an Atlanta fan. Chicago got shipped up by Millie Walker because, uh, as we all know, the Bulls can't beat a good team. They really can't. They're 0-16 against the top three seeds in each conference. That is, uh, check my math, not good. Not good. Not not ideal if you want to beat good teams. <laughs> no Middleton for Milwaukee, and they beat him 126-98. Incredible. Uh, the Bucks got off to a flyer, which is hilarious. Grayson Allen scored like eight of their first ten. It was hilarious. Just driving to the hoop. He like missed the easiest of the, like, he took like four or five shots right then, and he missed one. It's like, that was the easiest one you've had all day, Grayson. What are you doing? Uh, they got up big and just stayed there. Dominated the start of the second quarter. Eventually got up 26 in the second quarter. Like, Chicago just like, what is happening? Milwaukee flying around. Drew Holiday was just, like, locked in. Uh, a 10-0 run at the end of the first half cut it to 16, but then the Bucks just came out and just <laughs> ran them back down the road to Illinois uh, in the third quarter, and off they went. Like, the focus that they have in these games is crazy impressive. Like, no midi. And you're like, oh, maybe they'll slip a bit in the third quarter, man. Nah. Giannis and Drew just kept them clicking along, and along they went. It was madness. So the Bucks, look, it was just a really solid win. And the third quarter, like, their defense kicks up, and off they went offensively. And, like, Portis and Ibaka are off the bench. They're really good. Just a big win. Uh, Adam, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, 21-3-7 and seven for him. He shot 6 of 16. Ugh. How about DeMar, though? 10 of 23 for 21 points. Oh, Jesus, DeMar. My eyes. 22 and 7 for Vooch. He went 4 or 5 on triples, though, which is a uh, bit of good news. Good news, everybody, uh, for the Bulls because he's had a bit of a rough year on the old threes. Uh, no one else hit a shot, though. 7 points on 8 shots for Ayo. Dasun with 2 of 10 shooting for Kobe. Kobe White for 5 points. Patch Williams in his second game back went 2 of 6 for his 6 points. Caruso, 1 of 5. Just a bit tough. But look, the Bulls will have a bit of a feeling out period as they, you know, get Caruso back into the swing of things. Patch Williams back into it as well. Lonzo is probably going to be another couple of weeks off, obviously. So Bulls are going to start fixing this right now. Giannis had 25, 17, and 5. That's right, 25, 17, and 5 in 29 minutes. That's uh, three blocks as well. Not bloody bad, bro. Not bloody bad. Drew Holiday. He was massive. 27 points for him. He played a hell of a game. Seven assists as well. Blopez. First game at home since he was hurt. Uh, Ten and six. Shot two or four from... Had a great sequence as well, actually. Had one of his two blocks and then just went up the other end, smashed in a big splash mountain three. Love that. Wes Matthews for 11 points, two or four from downtown. Grayson Allen with 10, as mentioned. Got him off to a great start. 11 for Serge. Yeah, bucker. Uh, six and nine. Nice for Bobby Porter's fight and round the world. And Paddy Connaughton, looking great. 14 points, 37 from three as well. Chicago, 42 and 30 now. That is, uh, how you say, how you say, not the deal. The Bulls, from all the good vibes that they've had, their point differential is like, out of the top six, easily the worst. And seriously, like, it's only marginally better than the Nets, who are down in eighth. Only just ahead of the Hornets. Actually behind... The Hawks, which is crazy. 
And that's what happens when you don't beat good teams. So they're down now in fifth and feels like, what, they're two and a half games back of the Sixers and the Celtics. They're in a dogfight now, the Bulls, for keeping the Cavs, that's right, Cleveland. Cleveland! And Toronto, and probably even Brooklyn at bay, right, to uh, stay in the top six, which is just crazy to think about. Meanwhile, Millie Walk A, only two games back of the Heat, right at the top, 45 and 27. And finally, Denver! Eventually ran over the top of the Clippers, 127-115. Joker was demolishing them early at 14 points in the first quarter. Bones is doing work. Uh, Jeff Green dunking over everybody. Nugs are up 10 after one. But the Clippers, look, they just it stayed there the rest of the game. Like, the Clippers just, they stick around like a bad smell in these games. Right? Like, T-Man was crushing it. Mook was hitting some shots. Brandon Boston, I think he only, like, scored six points, but just caused a bit of havoc every time he was out there. The Nugs, look, I think they got up as much as 14 in the third and then by the start of the fourth quarter, all the all bench units for both teams, the Cliffs just drag the nugs. Boom, suddenly it's only a six-point game, and Michael Malone is like, fuck, do I have to put Joker back in? She, can you guys just not suck for five minutes? And Boogie at least hit a shot, and the Nuggets found their groove after that, and the Clippers just eventually ran out of gas. Some really big sequences down the stretch, though. Like Aaron Gordon, like it was still really tight. And uh, Aaron Gordon had, like, his shot blocked by Ajay Hartenstein. Hello. And then sort of bounced back and uh, got the ball back and dunked it. It was pretty gnarly. And the Nuggets held on, like, big three from Monty, big three from Will the Thrill. Gordon was huge down the stretch. Joker was sort of just doing work. Big win for Denver to hold on there. Uh, the Clippers, T-Man, had 24-8-4 off the bench. He's unreal. Reggie Jackson shot 6 of 18. Gross! For 14 points. 0 of 4 on triples. 0 of 6 on triple goes Mook Morris for his 14 points. He shot 6 of 16. 14 for Bob Covington. Lord Robert Covington. 14, 2 and 5 for Ajay Hartenstein. Hello. But the Clips, like, without, you know, canard firing or anything like that, just nothing going. The Nugs, they shot 16 of 32 from downtown, though. That's pretty handy. The Joker, yeah, 30 points. Six, 14 rebounds. 6 assists. He was awesome. And, like, everyone's like, oh, it's pretty run of the Milford Joker. It's like, that's insane. Three blocks, two steals, shot 9 of 15. Air Gordon had fucking 16, 7, and 6. He was huge down the street. He only shot 5 of 13, but goddamn, he was good. Jeff Green had 16. 16 for Bones. He goes 4 of 6 on triples. 15 for Monty Morris with 5 assists. He went free for free on freeze. Uh, Austin Rivers chucked in 11, 3 of 5 from downtown. And Boogie in 14 minutes at 8 points and 5 rebounds, and I loved it. Because at one point, he's like, right. Nah, we're just going to score. And they did. That was pretty cool. The Clippers now 36 and 38. Denver 43 and 30. Uh, Denver are just in a dogfight in that uh, 5 6 spot as well, aren't they? So it's going to be a bit fun, a bit crazy. And uh, off we go. Good stuff. Let's do an NBA Australia pre performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. Ah, oh, Trey Young, don't do it to him, Trey! Don't do it! I did it! Oh, he's got and done it again! Knicks fans are just seeing Trey Young in their nightmares at this point, right? They sweep the season series against the Knicks, having just, you know, belted them in the playoffs last year. 45 points, 8 assists today, 13 to 25 from the floor, 7 of 15 on threes, 12 of 14 at the free throw line. The three that he hit, I think it was the... Uh, the game-tying one, I think like 102 or 103 each, was just, it was a long way away. It was quite flat, and it barely touched the net still. It was absolutely unreal. Like, he just, this 
the quick release that he had on it was just absolutely fucking remarkable. But the way that he and Bogdan just like tag teamed um, the Knicks was just like, I'm assuming they have a lot of wrestling at MSG as well. Like it's just reminiscent of one of the great tag team matches of all time. Uh, but Trey Young absolutely owns MSG. He loves it and they know he loves it. And it's a great moment for everybody involved. Because it's like, yeah, we've got a villain. This is awesome. And he actually steps up. Like, that's cool. And just like the sheer inevitability of it all is really fun. So just like some of the faces on the Knicks fans, like especially after that half, um, that full court heave just before halftime where he just scored like a free bucket just as the buzzer expired. Like all the fans are just like, are you fucking kidding this guy? What the fuck? And that is a knife. I'll tell you that much. That's a performance of the night. Who is Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 in a game where they really needed like a big bench spark, Kobe was trying, but he didn't quite get there. Uh, we did have, what, two of six for RJ Hampton, two of seven for Mo Bumba, one of five for the crew show. But come on, he's coming back from an injury, bro. Uh, so, spot of the night is going to go to Maple Jordan. I kind of banged on this. Five of 19, Andrew Wiggins went. Five of 19, two of six from three in a game that you're playing Orlando. They won 19 games of the season. You're the Golden State Warriors. Sure, you don't have Steph Curry. Maple Jordan's going to go in there and go, yeah, fellas, I've got this. Unfortunately, he did not. And uh, someone has pointed out, since February 1st, basically since Andrew Wiggins found out, holy shit, I'm going to be an all-star, he has suddenly gone 14-5-3 in his averages, shooting 40% from the floor, 34% from three, and 46% from the free throw line. He scored 20 points once. Since then, that is absolutely spud worthy. Who's old mate, no mates? Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Old mate, no mates. Who's got no mates today? Oh, speaking of fights, there was uh, even more fines as well for the uh, George Hill kind of uh, back and forth the other day, you know, which is kind of fun. Um, it was like, yeah, just like absolute fines everywhere, which is pretty funny. NBA just like, ah, oh, nah, man, come on, bruh. <laughs> so I think it was 20K for Pat Bev because he's Pat Bev, and George Hill got 15K as a fine for their altercation. Absolutely crazy. Uh, speaking of altercations, though, that's what just pinged that off in my brain. Tristan Thompson, he sort of got into it playing for the Bulls. Uh, Serge Ibaka's like, just get your hands off me, Tristan, and slaps him away. Tristan's like, hey, don't do that to me, man, and off they go. Serge Ibaka's like, I will rip your goddamn head off. And I love that the Bucks are like, oh, can we get a piece of Tristan Thompson too? Everybody was like, let's go, let's get him. In they went. Ah, uh, but old mate, no mates, probably Draymond Green and his teammates. We're playing soft. We're playing stupid. We're just not playing good basketball. We're getting punk. No disrespect to the Orlando Magic, but that's one of the worst teams in the league. It's got shades of Charles Barkley. I don't know where Angola is, but Angola's in trouble. <laughs> I don't know anything about Angola. Anyway, but that is, uh, I mean, he's not wrong. Orlando are one of the worst teams in the league, which, though, I think is underselling them a little bit because they're good. Like, they're fun. The problem is they're all really, really, really young. Like, their entire team is super young. So 
across the course of a season, yeah, you're going to lose a shit ton of games when you're this young, even if you are talented, because winning games in the NBA comes down to, you know, execution, following plans, and having talent. And it takes a while to learn some of those other bits. And Draymond's kind of like, right, yeah. The Warriors are just kind of playing like they're the Warriors with Steph, but they're not because they're playing stupid. Their defense was all over the shop, and they still had the turnovers as well today, which is obviously like a hallmark of these Warriors, right? Just the entire last decade worth of Warriors. 18 turnovers today. Brutal against the Magic. Like, tough scenes there. So, old mate, no mates. It's literally everybody else that Draymond's throwing under the bus. (laughs) Good on him. Pantsing of the night. Oh, as soon as it happened, yeah, that was a pants. And Taj Gibson, pretty sure he just got retired by Trey Young. Like, that's one of those moments you're like, nah, I'm too old for this shit. Fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> Taj Gibson, like, he just goes to the locker room, packs his bag, and they never see him again after that. I'm just like, nah, see ya. Bye. And finally, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you will get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Franz Wagner. Hello. Six of nine. Nice. Shooting. Uh, 18 points. He was really good today. Three assists, two steals and a block. Come bucket. Jonathan Kaminga. 14, five and one. Six of eight from the floor. But T-man. God damn. Off the bench, he just drops, what, 30. Well, basically, look. Terrence Mann is out there. Sort of day in, day out, uh, doing work for a team that doesn't have its two best players. And then he's like, you know what, guys? I'm going to do the best I can, and I'm going to keep trying. Doesn't matter what else is going on. I'm going to keep trying. And he was awesome. He was like the only one that sort of kept the Clippers just chugging along today. And I loved it. So Terrence Mann just does a bit of work. Not bloody bad for a, uh, what, 48th pick, I think he was, wasn't he? Yeah. He had 14 last game, 16 against Toronto, 18 against Cleveland. Cleveland! He's just crushing it, just doing his bloody job. Could almost get a Luke Longley award for what he's doing. Uh, But today, better. 24, 8, and 4. He was great. Shot 7 of 10 from the floor. 10 of 12 at the line. Easily better than Lonzo Ball. Right, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some ENRs. Today's show is brought to you by our mates over at Manscaped. That's right, March Madness is here. College basketball's in full swing. Loving it. Not everyone can have a perfect bracket, but you can have the perfect set of balls this tournament season with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. They are the leaders in the below-the-waist grooming. I love that. And they've just launched their ultra-premium collection to give you the total championship hygiene routine. After sweating out the games, make sure you lather up head to toe. With his all-in-one skin and hair care kit to have your body and ball smelling final four fresh. So join them 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with their exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com, use the code STRAYER, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. This is the Cinderella story you're not going to want to miss. Like, it is awesome. So look, your old mate Jimmy over here, he's like, right, I'm going to go for a run. Because he's like, realized, just a massive fat bastard. All I do is drink a lot of beers, cause a lot of havoc, whatever, go for a run. 
And this ultra premium collection will sort you out because you've got the Manscaped premium deodorant. It's not for your balls, it's for your armpits, right? It dries clear, it's aluminium free, smells like their signature scent. You've got the hydrating body moisturizer. I've got tattoos. I love this. Give the old spray, off it goes. You'll feel fresh, feel clean, feel smooth. You got the body wash. Go for a run. You should see me. I'm just like, who rolled this manatee out onto the road? Why is it so red? <laughs> you can lather up with the body wash. It's awesome. Aloe vera and sea salt shower gel. Love that. The two-in-one shampoo and conditioner as well. And you get a free gift of a uh, three-pack set of lip balm, which is really, really good. I actually really enjoyed that. So go check it out. It's the Ultra Premium Collection. It is unreal. Go check it out. Paraben-free, cruelty-free, vegan-friendly, dye-free. The best ingredients with zero compromise. You love that. 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that code STRAYER. Call on Manscaped this tournament season or your bracket won't be the only thing that's busted. It'll be your balls. Right. Today's your Nas. Let's do it. Balls. you got to beat a good team sometime, right? Yeah, nah. I mean, if you want to be taken actually seriously, yeah. This is a bit not great. I mean, to be at this point of the season and still just not being able to beat any of the good teams, if I was a Bulls fan, I would be just going, God damn, man, Like it was such a good story. But now 0-16 against the top three seeds in both conferences. Like, they just can't do it. And if you're going to go into a playoff series... And, all right, cool, we're going to... You might have the feel-good story of winning the first-round series, maybe. And then what's going to happen? If you get steamrolled, like, the feel-good story is going to just suddenly come to a horrifyingly bad end. Ugh. But they've got to show us something before the end of the season, don't they? Because, I mean, they just can't keep on doing this to us. <laughs> um, so in terms of the actual, like, schedule for the Bulls as well, like, as we sort of talked about, reincorporating Patch, reincorporating, you know, if Lonzo comes back at any point, maybe we see how that goes. But the Bulls, in terms of their actual sort of run home and where they're going to land in the actual, uh, you know, playoff race, it's pretty much like going to come down to just a few sort of games here, right? So in terms of their schedule, they're sitting there at New Orleans, at Cleveland, at New York, at Washington. You should be winning those games. That's right. You got Clippers, Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Charlotte, Minnesota to finish off the season, though. And if we don't see them against, you know, Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, you know, the teams that they'll be playing in the playoffs, it's going to be a mess. Yeesh. Anyway, uh, similar goes for uh, Matty Owers. He asked, Jimmy, the Warriors are cooked. Yeah, nah. Uh, they're not cooked. But as I said, I think it was an. Oh, was it yesterday or the day before? Like, if they get the Wolves in the first round, the Wolves are going to stomp them. Like, holy moly. Like, with Steph or no, I feel like at this point, because you've got to get Steph back. Uh, we know that he's got a bung foot. You don't want to be going against Pat Bev for an entire series. No, thank you. <laughs> I want no bar of that from the Warriors. Ugh. Against the Wolves, if they somehow end up in the sixth spot. But their schedule, I mean, so they've got the Floridian back-to-back. So losing in Orlando, not ideal. But that's three on the trot they've lost now. They then play in Miami. They go to Atlanta. They've got Washington and they've got Memphis. It's a big road trip. 
bit of a tough one, especially finishing in Memphis. That could be the basically the nail in the coffin for the uh, chance at the two seed if it's not already. Then they play Phoenix. Then they play Utah. A couple of games off with Sacramento and the Lakers. Then San Antonio and the Pelicans to sort of finish off the season. They're, it feels like they're cooked almost as a contender, though. Like, depending on the matchup in the first round, can you really see them turning around their defense, turning around this offense, getting Clay into it, just Draymond up to speed, Steph up to speed in time to get through a first-round series? Maybe. But it feels very much landing on the cooked, yeah, part of it. Jez Alls had a couple of good ones. Uh, basically... From Monday's show, talking about the LeBron-MJ comparisons and all that sort of stuff. So Jazz has gone, MJ's a goat because he could do it all by himself and drag his team across the line, but it meant we didn't get to see him for as long. Yeah, nah. I do tend to think that the way that MJ played, and of course the era in which he played, is sort of the reason we didn't see him for as long as uh, we may have. I mean, that's why he had to retire that first time around. Even if, you know, allegedly David Stern may have given him a shadow ban or something like that. Like, the dude needed it. He was running on fumes in 93. And then you see in the last dance, like, he was on fumes at the end of 98. Even though he kind of still wanted to come back. Like, it's fascinating to know, like, what may have happened in 99 if he had stuck around. But, yeah, the, uh, the way he played and doing it all himself a lot of the time probably didn't help his longevity. But, I mean, the way he played, the era that he played, diving into, like, LeBron at least has the option of just going, nah, fuck it, I'll just shoot some more threes <laughs> and save his body. Like, LeBron barreling into the paint, he's built like a brick shit house. so that's probably why MJ, as big as he was, as strong as he was, didn't quite last, you know, 19 seasons because it's really fucking hard to do. Uh, to compare LeBron and MJ is ridiculous because LeBron's also a goat because his version of dragging teams across the line is by making those around him better or by upgrading them to suit himself. Yeah, nah. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing I sort of talked about on Monday, about how LeBron, it feels like the thing that he's been able to do, literally from the moment he got in the league, it took him a year or two to sort of figure it out, but like as soon as he did, it's like, oh shit, off we go. Making those around him better. And it's like, it became like a force multiplier, right? That's what LeBron was out on the court. And that sort of seems to have waned over the last couple of years, where... Sure, LeBron sort of seems to be uh, out there with dudes who don't suit his style of play. And it's like, well, that's your own fucking fault, LeBron. I don't know what to tell you there. But yeah, he is a goat because he made all of those guys around him better for so long that it's absolutely crazy. So uh, yeah, I think this is why like the comparisons, I'm always going to say MJ is number one, but LeBron's basically just as good. Like, I think that's kind of the argument. Uh, for mine, if you have to compare players, you have to go for like for like. Says Jez, LeBron and Magic are similar players and personalities, and I personally find it hard to split them as far as talent goes. MJ and Kobe, similar style and personality, but MJ was as good on D, if not better, than when on offense, whereas Kobe thought D was optional to begin with, grew into it. Yeah, nah, yeah, look, that's kind of the thing, like the comparisons, and that's why, though, I think it's amazing when I sort of broke it down on Monday's show about how LeBron scored like substantially more points than Kobe in his career already is absolutely crazy because the like-for-like comparisons, we never sort of think of Kobe and LeBron in similar ways, but LeBron's stash has blown Kobe all out of the fucking water. Thing is, Kobe still won more titles, which is wild. You know, first with Shaq, then with Pau Gasol, but still, 
Uh, but yeah, the like for likes are always good. LeBron has always felt like more of a magic, and that was kind of what he always sort of came into the league. You know, had the scoring ability, but was always very pass first. And like that was the biggest knock on him for years and years and years. Oh, LeBron makes the right basketball play. He doesn't want to take the last shot. It's like, yeah. MJ and Kobe are absolute killers and we're always going to take the last shot. LeBron wanted to make the best basketball player. So I like that one. That's a good one, Jess. And finally, Magic Johnson could have been a goat, but we were robbed of his prime years because he couldn't cover up. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I don't know if you're watching Magic uh, in, uh, was it, winning time. It's a very, 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 very enjoyable portrayal of the Lakers. I'm loving it. Uh, but yeah, if he couldn't, uh, I don't know. I think Magic, you look at the 91 finals and the way Magic was sort of playing, like you talk about defense being optional for a while there for Magic. And he, if he had eked out some more years, he probably would have, his standing in the uh, NBA probably would have even risen even more, even though he basically, you know, carried them throughout the 80s along with Bird. But if like MJ had have just sort of kept on going and hadn't, you know, gotten the horrible, horrible, horrible like AIDS diagnosis, the HIV diagnosis, like who knows where he could have ended up. So that's a really good point by Jez. I enjoyed that. Um, because he could have been a goat. Like, if he had played for, you know, another three, four years at, like, a pretty high level, and this is the same thing with Isaiah Thomas. We sort of forget that, yeah, he came into the league a little bit earlier than, um, you know, MJ and stuff, but Isaiah Thomas was done. Like, he did a fucking Achilles, and that was it. Maybe he gets a couple more years. Maybe Detroit sort of just float around the 90s, but he pads those stats. Maybe Magic does the same, and maybe they get some more of that you know better treatment better medicine in the uh in the mid 90s where maybe dudes sort of start looking up themselves a little bit better who knows what could happen but that's a great one so thanks Jez. uh i'm probably the opinion of the do now look at me please look at me look at me look at me uh i think nurk was well within his rights to go and uh, confront that fan and tell him to fuck off and throw his phone <laughs> right like i feel like it's, it's vaguely unpopular cuz people are like oh i was just talking if you can't hack it, it's like, Nurk's just sitting there, not playing. In the, if you're playing in the game, it's a bit different. If you're just sitting there on the bench and some little fucking shithead kid is yelling shit at you, like, I thought he was wildly well restrained. That kid was just the absolute epitome of fucking privilege and the Bosnian bear should have knocked his fucking block off. I'm just saying. Like, I don't get... People think you can say shit to folks and expect zero fucking consequences. Like, Nurk, the way you probably obviously could have dealt with it is like the way that Rusty and LeBron and other folks have dealt with it by just getting dudes kicked out. And that'd be funnier in hell because, like, maybe that kid gets barred (laughs) and sucked in fuckwit. But, uh, yeah, Nurk, probably not the best way to go about it, but I think he's well within his fucking rights to go, Oi, fuck it. Blow it out your ass. Outback Turkhouse for today. It's Wednesday at Outback, and you know what that means. Oh, yeah. When we got up this morning, the squid and I went out the backyard with our cricket bats and got today's specials for you. That's right. As soon as we heard the... Bang! Kookaburra wings only at Outback. They go great with today's Flame Grilled Take, which is ESPN are writing pieces to blow smoke up Ty Lue's ass just to deflect away from the fact that Kawhi Leonard is definitely not going to play for them this season, which is a fucking disaster. Only at our back. I did enjoy the Ty Lue piece. 
Uh, ESPN had it, and um, you know, it's like pretty, you know, one of the classic sort of big long reads and talks about sort of the come from behind wins, and now it's like, yeah, Ty Lue, he's pretty bloody good, man. So I'm uh, Young Misuk wrote a really good piece. It also feels like the timing of it is very much like, don't talk about Kawhi. <laughs> you know? All right. Sweet. Uh, let's take a quick break. Be back with uh, not the Australian Player Watch because there's no Aussies today. Bit of a weird one. Uh, but we'll do a great moment in NBA Australia stat history right after this. This is Mick K, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. All right, NBA Australia, never forget, because around this time, 25 years ago, 25 long years ago, the Aussie Arvidas Sabonis, the big unit himself, Mark Bloody Bradkey, tugged on that big number 50 Sixers jersey over his gloriously voluptuous chest hair and followed an arguing Allen Iverson and Jerry Stackhouse out under the hardwood and threw his sweaty chassis into battle with the Charlotte Hornets with all the reckless ferocity of a young Tony Plugger Lockett charging into the back of a pack. And Bradkey had the best game of his NBA career. Love it! That's right, the Norlunga Leviathan, after not getting out of his target big and tall suits while being stapled to the bench for the entirety of February took on the Serbian Durry Punch of Vladi Divac and the Hornets, playing 23 minutes, the second most he'd rack up all year, and gave Charlotte the old one-two Costa Zoo on his way to six career bests in one game. So, the big fellow is out there answering the question, what would happen if you crossed John Travolta with a Mack truck and Arvita Sabonis and showing off an array of skills longer than the Ocean Grove Fish and Chip Shop menu Australia's hairiest and sweatiest export since Murphy's bodied Vlade and Matt the Counter Geiger in the post on his way to four of seven shooting, his most attempts and makes ever for a career high. Eight points. But not to be stopped there, the man as big as a Flinders range has also vacuumed up the rebounds like the, yeah, the world's biggest, sweatiest, hairiest Dyson, tearing down a career high 10 rebounds. 10 of them! So the six defensive and four offensive boards both would go down as a career high for Aussie Sabonis, which is actually a bit more impressive than the time my mate Tall Kane jumped his dirt bike over my other mate Matt's Tirana on a homemade ramp at the back of his Ballarat double front brick, brick to, uh, veneer. Tell you what, that was a night. Uh, unfortunately, Aussie, leg- Aussie tennis legend Nicole Bradkey's husband didn't register an assist, so those in attendance didn't get to witness the magical passing touch that... Rumour has it, could see him turn a five-buck note from 50, uh, 97 feet away with enough force that it would turn into a tenner. That's right. Still, big break, his eight points and ten rebounds would go down in history as his best-ever NBA game, but he'd not play more than nine minutes in any other game for the rest of the season, and therefore the rest of the Melbourne Tigers legend's NBA career. That's right. I reckon that joker of a coach, Johnny Davis, got David Stern's anti-strain bias memo, hey? Jesus. Anyway... Oh, well, raise him up to the man with the virtuoso game and the virtuoso body hair, the man with more skills than a room full of happily grinning Rick Smitzes, one of Australia's all-time greatest, Mark Bloody Bradke. On your big hoax. 25 years ago that happened, 1997. 
absolutely underutilized. And uh, I reckon, had he have stuck around, would have done some damage. Crazy stuff. All right. Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. I uh, love the Joe Ingles IG post today. Just of his uh, new locker in Portland. The double O's. Got to get me one of those Jingles jerseys. I love a good Portland jersey. It's not the only Patty Mills jersey I basically don't have. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but that's a nice one. Always inspiring his Jingles. And so he's out there with his new, new, new locker. And I, for one, am bloody well here for it. So uh, on your Jingles. And what I mean, Jingles is also just like up to chaos at the moment. He's out there just doing crazy shit. Just balling, baby. Balling. Right. Let's do some game previews, though. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverting Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, not bad. Squid woke up a bit early today, but it meant we got off to a uh, flying start. And uh, he's feeling a lot better. So he's at daycare today, which is great. So. Thanks for asking. Uh, thanks for all the nice messages that I've gotten about this squid. Appreciate it. He's dealing with the... Seems like a bit of asthma again. So it's the first time it's sort of flared up for a while. So, you know, we kind of know what to do, but it just still sucks, doesn't it? See the poor little bugger. Anyway, uh, four of four on the picks today. You love a perfect day. You love it. Uh, felt pretty good about those picks and may have chucked a couple of uh, shekels on there. So off we went. So nailed the Denver minus six and a half. Nailed Milwaukee minus six and a half. Nailed the Atlanta pick and nailed, of course, my Orlando pick. All they do, Orlando are just good. I don't have to tell you. Don't know what else I have to tell you. Right, tomorrow we have 11 games. 11. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, Tomorrow we've got the Knickerbockers going to Charlotte. So the Hornets are out there riding a five-game winning streak. The Knicks just lost to the uh, Hawks, who were above them in the plan. Are Charlotte going to kick the shit out of them or what? Six and a half point favourites. I want to say that the Knicks just come out of nowhere and surprise us all and go, naha, in your face, Charlotte. Plus six and a half will cover that. I think we get a close one. I think the Knicks can cover the six and a half, even on a back-to-back. Yeah. I just don't trust it. I don't trust either of these teams, but I'll trust New York's defence a little bit more than Charlotte. Atlanta, they go to Detroit. Atlanta on a back-to-back. Having just played in New York. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites over Detroit. Uh, I might have to take Atlanta here. Look, I usually take Detroit in something like this, but Atlanta are feeling pretty good at the moment. That was a wildly impressive game today. And Detroit, look, bits and bobs missing. Maybe no Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant. Who knows if Cade plays, but Atlanta minus five-and-a-half feels like the safer idea. Sacramento go to Indy. That's right, Indy hosting Sacramento. This is the Halliburton... Revenge game. So I'm taking Indy minus five and a half and Halliburton to go for 30. Because uh, obviously the Suvlaki King is out with a knee injury, the knee that he banged. I reckon he sits the rest of the season. But um, Indy five and a half point favorites against Sacramento. They've traded with each other. I think Indy just smashed them as well. So give me the paces minus five and a half. Boston host Utah. Utah doing their big East Coast swing. They've played the Knicks. They've played the Nets. Now they go play Boston. The Celtics are five and a half point favorites. It feels a little wonky, but at the same time, I just don't think Utah's perimeter D can keep up with Boston at the moment, so I'm going to have to go to the Celtics minus five and a half. Tatum and Brown are on an absolute fucking tear at the moment. If uh, Time Lord plays, I feel good about Boston. If Marcus Smart plays, I feel good about Boston. If they both don't play, it's a bit tricky, but I'm still going to lean with Boston because they're just playing awesome. Utah are a bit up and down, but anyway, give me Boston. 
Golden State going to Miami. I think Golden State are going to lose. And uh, I'm taking Miami minus six and a half. Golden State's defense, I just don't know if I can keep up with uh, the Heat and all their shooters. So I'm going to go the Heat minus six and a half. Golden State, look, maybe the Draymond Woods lights a fire under their ass, but still not ideal. Give me Memphis minus six and a half. Brooklyn, they go to Memphis. No jar for Memphis, but usually that's not too much of a problem. But of course, Brooklyn do get Kyrie. So I'm going to go the Nets minus two and a half because they're in Memphis. Kyrie, KD, off they go. Nets get another big win. Minus two and a half. Give me that. Minnesota host Phoenix. I'm going to go the Wolves plus one and a half. I don't know why. I just think that the uh, Suns, this might be the little moment where they just go, all right, foot off the gas. We'll get CP3 back later this week, maybe. Yeah, let's just chill out against Minnesota. We'll see how we go. What do you think? And everyone's like, yeah, right, right, sure, sure. But the Wolves are hungry. So they're going to win and uh, keep it going because Pat Bev won't let them not do it. So, yeah, I think that's how it's going to run. Off we go. So it looks like, uh, it sort of seems like uh, Chris Paul might come back later this week, but not for this game. So there we go. Okay, see, one and a half point favorites against Orlando. I'm going to take the Thunder. They've got to snap that losing streak at some point. But at the same time, this might be a Sam Presti sit everybody gear. Let Orlando get another win. So I don't know. Okay, see, though, there's a little bit of pride there, a little bit of fun. But Orlando are a better team. Mm, flipping. I'm going Orlando minus one and a half. I don't like it. All OKC do is cover, but this does feel like a very janky, we're definitely tanking this, because if we win this, we scooch above Orlando, and Orlando will stay, uh, you know, ahead of them. So give me o- give me Orlando, minus one and a half. Houston, no Luka against Dallas. I'm going to go the Rockets, plus eight and a half. I think they can keep up with Dallas. Cover that, even if Dallas uh, somehow managed to win with Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson going ham. I think Houston can keep up. Philly, Lakers, what a great game. This is going to be Harden and Embiid against the LeBron James and Rusty Westbrook Lakers. The Sixers are seven and a half point favorites against the Lakers. I'm going to take that because, yeah, Embiid is going to smash them. And San Antonio, seven and a half point favorites against Portland in Portland. I'm going to take the Spurs because uh, the Portland Timbers, a.k.a. the Portland G League team that they're running out there at the moment, are not very good. So give me the Spurs. All right, and there you go. Those are all the games for tomorrow. We'll wrap all that up in a big show tomorrow. That's going to be massive. Woo, boy. Cannot wait. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face IG, all over the socials. You know that. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz, chopping it up each week. Well, not at the moment. Uh, it's the off-season, but we do have a big off-season show. So go check that out. Subscribe. Check it out. NFL Australia is always fun. Uh, we do have another awesome one. That's right. World Wrestling Australia, because we do have... A new episode. That's right. New episode of World Wrestling Australia. This week in World Wrestling Australia, Adam's got a sit-down interview with a dude named Alfonso Malieo. Uh, he's the creator of the massively successful decade-old wrestling meme facey page, Hillbook. Uh, so they talk about his decision to walk away from Hillbook as well as plenty of other wrestling chatter. So check out uh, World Wrestling Australia over on YouTube, FWCI Sports and Gaming, etc., or FWCIE on Twitter. Go check it out. Always good. Uh... Get around NBAstraight.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Chuck us a rating and review on iTunes or whatever it is you listen to your podcast with. Come on. I've got no budget. I'm not bogey. I've got to keep up with all the big dogs somehow, don't I? Uh, so if a rate and review can help us out, what, what are you doing? Help us out. Manscaped.com. Use the code STRAY. Get 20% off for free shipping and knowable. 
Download the Knowable app. Bang in the code Straya. Get 20% off as well. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats. And also big thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex, Today, Green, 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 and Dozers. For the tunes that you hear throughout the show, smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music. However you support and follow your bands, do exactly that. NBA Australia Sports Australian Band, so should you. And we're going to close out today's show with a brand new Jingles HR. Answering a question from Quinn in Salt Lake City. Exciting times. And we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would ya? And later G'day, Joe Ingalls here, head of Jingles HR, the world's leading HR solutions firm. Yep, because when I'm not sinking threes, rehabbing my knee, planting a tree, sipping this cracking Portland coffee, or enjoying my real estate, that's right, it's a bloody big condo in Paul George's head, I'm the world's leading HR expert, helping you with all your HR questions and problems. So, let's get to this week's question, shall we? It comes from Quinn in Salt Lake City. Dearest Joseph, I am thinking about switching jobs to a new city because in my current gig, I think no matter how well I do my job this year, I feel like the current company I work for will try to blame me for them for failing short of their expectations. And I don't think it's really my fault. Meanwhile, there might be a gig that I can grab in LA. So with all this in mind, do you have any tips? Cheers, Quinn. Salt Lake City. Oh, here we go. Watch out. Oh, cheers for writing in, Quinn. I uh, got a feeling I used to work for you. I'm just saying, bit uh, on the sly. Bit of a uh, Salt Lake City brethren. Uh, but yeah, mate, look, change is hard. And organisations will always look to scapegoat and place blame on easy targets. That's what HR does best. I mean, I once burned down an entire organisation and saw it all get blamed on Paul George. That was amazing. So... All you can do is give your best effort and do your best job in trying to get the most out of the folks working with and for you. Set some pretty stringent KPIs. Make sure you have open communication channels. Maybe do some workshops, some trust falls. Make sure everyone's on the same page. And if you still fall short of your goals, you can be safe in the knowledge that you did your job with the tools provided, which is pretty key because, you know, we want to feel good about ourselves. We want to feel confident. And if you eventually, you know, fall short of the uh, company's expectations, then so be it. And if you still get scapegoated for that, then I guess if you like sunshine and traffic and meddling employees, I mean, LA is right there for you. I mean, as we always say at Jingles HR, the grass isn't always greener on the other side of the fence, but the money might be. Righto, so there you go, Quint. Do your best. Best of luck with it. Hope that helps. And that's all we've got time for this week on Jingles HR. I've been Joe Engels. I'm going to go get back to me rehab. So get some rehab up, yeah. <laughs>